Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm excited to be talking with Heidi Bright, and we're going to be talking about creating conditions for thriving. So I'm really excited to jump into this topic today. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, our guest is Heidi Bright, and Heidi is an aggressive end-stage cancer survivor. She knows the terror and powerlessness of a difficult diagnosis. After managing two years of cancer treatment, using carefully selected integrative therapies and healing her life, she entered radical remission in 2011. Heidi earned the 2017 Champion of Cancer Care Award from Cancer Support Community, the 2017 Unsung Hero Award from Cancer Family Care, and the 2014 Voices of Women Award for Outstanding Achievement in Personal Growth from Cincinnati's Whole Living Journal. Heidi is the author of three traditionally published nonfiction books, including the best-selling physician-endorsed Thriver Soup, a feast for living consciously during the cancer journey. So Heidi, such an honor to have you here today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I mean, your bio alone is just like, wow, <laughs> aggressive cancer survivor. Um, so that you received remission in 2011. So that's 10 years ago now. Um, yes. You know, I assume you weren't supposed to be here today uh, when yes. you were given your original <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> yes, that was in 2009. It was in July. I'd had what they thought was a uterine fibroid. Uh, They found it in March and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had difficulty getting in to see a doctor. And then I had difficulty getting in to see a surgeon. And I ended up in July in so much pain. I thought this is ridiculous amount of pain for a fibroid. So I said, take me to the emergency room. So I go to the emergency room now. I have not been taking any pain medication because I wanted to be aware of what was going on in my body. Um, That's why I knew this was like red alert. We got some real, a real problem here. Yeah. And they, they called in a sarcoma surgeon. And I said, what is sarcoma? Turns out it's a connective tissue type of cancer. And only 1% of cancers are sarcomas. They're considered very rare. Oh, okay. So I had the surgery and I don't wake up for a couple of days. Turns out it was a nine hour surgery. Wow. They took out my cervix, uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, and six inches of my intestines. I'm lucky to still have my bladder. Wow. Now, when I came to, they said I did have cancer. And I was like, what? And they thought it was stage two. Well, about a week later, they said, no, stage three. And then I went to a sarc- the sarcoma center at MD Anderson in Texas. And they said, 
you got stage four. I told everybody, do not give me a prognosis because I don't want to have a termination tag on my toe. And so everybody was really good about that. When they wanted to find out, they talked to the doctors without me in the room. Mm. Really Mm. good thing. I was not expected to live out the year. It was highly aggressive, the most aggressive kind. They had four uh, grades at the time that I was diagnosed and mine was grade four and you don't get more aggressive than that. And that point, I knew I needed to do everything I could to survive because if I didn't, I knew I was going to die. Actually, when we were in MD Anderson, we went to the library. My sister was an epidemiologist, so she helped me do the research. So we read about um, the types of cancer. They, I actually had like diagnosed with three different types of sarcoma. One of them was rhabdomyosarcoma. That was MD Anderson who gave me that diagnosis, uh, uh, that and lyomyosarcoma. And everything I read said, you're dead in 18 months. Wow. I'm leaving the library. Uh, it was just, just unbelievable. Um, but three places, I had four opinions at four different institutions. And three of them said it was highly undifferentiated endometrial sarcoma, which has a different name now. I think it's high-grade stromal sarcoma. So I needed to do everything I could to survive everything the doctors wanted me to do, and much, much more. Now, when I was diagnosed, I maintained my weight. I exercised every day. I ate a very healthy diet, including certified organic produce. And I was meditating an hour every day. I mean, this is what everybody tells you to do. How did I end up with highly aggressive end-stage cancer? Right. So I, I looked at lists of what people had done to get into radical remission. And there's a few lists of that. And I was determined I was going to fulfill everything on those lists. So I approached the cancer from every angle, medical, nutritional, physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual. And I also wanted to get to the root cause of the cancer. And after doing a lot of soul searching and doing working with lots of integrative medicine, medical doctors and practitioners, I finally came to the conclusion after a year and a half of uh, chemotherapy and a lung surgery, because it had metastasized to my lungs, that my problem was stress. Mm. It was not what I was eating. It was what was eating me. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause I, I went to an Ayurvedic integrative doctor along with my regular doctors. And he said, you're healthy. Why is the cancer still growing? And he said, and I said, well, I think it might be stress. And he agreed with me. So at that point I needed to do, do everything I could to get rid of all the stress in my life. And that's what I did. I went through another chemotherapy uh, regimen. I took a lifetime limit. At the end, we had another scan. I had a half inch tumor sitting on the hilum next to my heart on the pulmonary vein. How are you going to get that out? At this point, I was completely out of chemotherapy options because this is the kind of cancer that nobody's ever heard of before. Wow. So I called the lung surgeon back up and I said, can you try to get this out? And he said, we will try. So five weeks later, I had the surgery. Six weeks after that, I went to see a nurse practitioner uh, for my post-op appointment. And I asked her how big the tumor was. 
two and a half inches. It had grown from half an inch to two and a half inches in five weeks. It was like death sentence once again, and there was no more chemotherapy. So she said, you need to get ready for hospice. Like my life was over. Right. Well, I went home and I was depressed for a couple of days. And I thought, well, there's nothing I can do about this. If I'm going to die, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing because there is nothing more I can do. I've done it all. And I had my next scan at six weeks after that. No evidence of disease. What? What? (laughs) The tumor disappeared. Well, they had surgically removed it, but I don't know if he got clean margins. I've talked to my practitioner. She can't tell if he got clear margins either. So we're just kind of like, hush, hush. (laughs) Right. Um, My next scan was clean. And it's now been more than 10 years since I've had any evidence of cancer or any kind of cancer treatment. It's, it's a miracle and I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. So I, I took those lists of people who were in radical remission and I kind of condensed it down. What are the, what are the main things they did? Well, I'm going to stop you for just a second. Sure. Why don't you explain what radical remission means? Well, it's, it's in my book, it's no evidence of cancer and no cancer treatment. It's like, it's just gone mm-hmm. and there's really no scientific explanation. Yeah especially after a death sentence, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Two years of relentless cancer growth. Wow. And after the surgery, no more treatment. So it's pretty miraculous. Yeah, yeah. So I looked at what people had done and I kind of, I, I spent a lot of time studying it and I realized there are three basic things they did. The first thing was they changed their attitudes about their life not to create a positive attitude, but to be become more genuine, more authentic. Because you can have a positive attitude. You can be positive. You're going to die. You can right? be positive about all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Just because you have a positive attitude doesn't mean your body's going to respond in a healthy way. But if you're authentic and being true to yourself, then your body can say, oh, I can relax. I don't have to force a smile or force being positive or anything like that. So that was, that was one thing. The second thing is once the attitudes change, there's more freedom to change behaviors. So I also was working with a psychotherapist. She was critical to my survival. She taught me how to change my attitudes and then change my behaviors. And when those two things were accomplished, I was free to make major life choices to eliminate stress in my life. And at that point, that's, I think, when the cancer stopped coming back. And it was like, just in time. So when I talk about changing attitudes, um, the main thing my therapist taught me was how to manage my emotions in healthy ways. So the way she taught me to do it is if I feel an emotion, if I get triggered, I'm having the fight, flight, or freeze response Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is necessary for survival. I cannot control that. But what I can do is pay attention to it. So I give that response in my body full attention. What does it feel like? Does it get more intense? Does it move around? 
without thinking about it at all. It's like the brain doesn't exist. You're just totally in your body experiencing the emotion. Now, the body is designed to flush that emotion, those chemicals out of the bloodstream within 90 seconds. So if I go completely into my body, don't think about anything, just exist in the emotion for 90 seconds, it will flush out. Then I'm free. I can make a choice. Am I going to redirect my attention somewhere else? Or am I going to think again about what caused the emotional chemical dump in my body? That was a critical thing for me to do. When I learned how to do this, I was no longer repressing or ignoring my emotions. I was no longer acting out in any way. I was totally free of the the chains of emotional reactions. And I could totally be my authentic self. It's very a very freeing process. Wow. That's that's it's a cornerstone of what I try to help people with. Yeah. So yeah. This oh, is where the instructions are. <laughs> it's in here. I have an entire section in here about how to manage all the different emotions. Now if I don't manage my emotions in a healthy way, then I go into moods like blame, hostility, resentment, victim, doubt, worry, all those things we call negative emotions are actually moods. The emotions themselves are not negative. They're just chemical dumps into the bloodstream. If I do the process, I can rise up into what she calls a texture, which is uh, love, peace, and joy. And if I'm living in love, peace, and joy, the cancer is like, I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It's sort of like the Grinch. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm not feeding it anymore with with chemicals that are destructive. I'm 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 being loving and peaceful and joyful, and it just changes everything. That gave my body the opportunity to heal, which is what bodies do naturally. Mm-hmm. Our bodies want to heal, right? Like oh, they, they are a self-healing mechanism. They are. And we just have to kind of give them the right mm, soil or nourishment, right? Like we have to tend to them like a plant. Um, but they're, they are, they're self-healing. They know how, our bodies know how to heal themselves. Yes. Uh, you know, without any sort of intervention, they can heal themselves, right? Like you get a cold and it, it clears it. it. It knows how to do that. Um, and, you know, I do believe the same is true for cancer as, as you've proven, right? Um, yes. And the challenge like is identifying, you said it earlier, you want it to get to the root problem and what caused yes. the cancer. And yes. I think that is so neglected in everything, not just cancer, like any sort of condition um, or illness. And if we can get to that root, it's often stress. It's it's often all of those negatives, right? Stress, mm-hmm. um, anger, anger is another one. That one's huge for harboring, um, you know, illness, chronic illness. Um, there, and, there's nothing wrong with anger. Anger is natural, right. normal, and healthy. It's what we do with the anger. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. it becomes resentment, hostility, and blame. Yes, yes. Those are the words. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, in all the emotions, all the moods, they're all normal, right? It's, it's what you do with it 
and how you choose to let it affect you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful that you were able to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wellness from within. Um, you know, it's so beautiful that you were able to identify, you know, stress was what, what was, you know, causing your issues. And I like how you talk about changing your attitude, but it's not just about being positive. Right. And, and, you know, we hear the term toxic positivity a lot and, and, you know, it's not just about just got to be positive. You got to see the positive in it. You got to see the, the silver lining and, and it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's about being able, like you said, genuine and authentic. And I think that the more of us, the more we can choose to be authentic and genuine, um, just the healthier the whole world would be right. Yes. Yes. And learning how to let go of, uh, let the chemicals go through the body without attaching to them. Mm-hmm. Like feel those emotions, feel those moods, but, but, you know, let it, let it go. Don't, don't cling to it for days on end. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do that. I still have mm-hmm. to look at this. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. It is a practice, but I got good enough at it that generally I'm not bothered for too long by things. I usually am able to work through it very quickly. Whereas before the emotions used to get stuck in my body and create disease. Yeah. Dis-ease. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you, so you mentioned, be, you know, prior to your diagnosis, you had been doing meditation. Do you still, is that still something you continue to do? I do, but I do it differently now. I realized when I was going through the cancer treatment that all my meditations were based on the mind. And I had spent my whole life living in my mind. I needed to get into my body. So I found a different meditation technique that was totally focusing on the body and not about thoughts. So instead of like letting thoughts go, it was like, how does my big toe feel? Mm What temperature is my body? And just totally focused on what was going on inside my body. And that was what I needed to do for my spiritual practice. Not everybody does, but that was yeah, that was a really yeah. important switch for me. Sounds similar to yoga nidra. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar. And, and yeah, just being aware of all the... I, I'm, I'm always surprised... I'm very in tune with my body. Like I know when my hip is out of alignment or, you know, like I just, I I feel every little thing, um, which has its benefits and its detriments. Right. But I'm always surprised at how many people have a complete lack of awareness in their body. That was me before the diagnosis. (laughs) Wasn't a complete lack, but it was, it was not what it needed to be, Mm -hmm. obviously. So that was one of the major changes. But that, yet that body-based meditation was what made the difference. But yeah. yet you did have that awareness that something's not right here. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if you look back, do you even see signs earlier um that you perhaps missed or not? Well, I knew I knew that I had something going on in my abdomen. At first I thought it was just 
chronic constipation, Mm. went to my gynecologist and she said, oh, that's fibroids, but there's only one in 10,000 chances that it's cancer. Well, medical doctors have since updated their numbers to one in 250. So she said, oh, you just have fibroids. Then usually they disappear at menopause. And since I menopause was not far away, I thought, okay, I'll take supplements and I will meditate and I will do Tai Chi exercises and everything else I could to get rid of the, you know, reduce the fibroid problem, just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah. And more and more pressure of pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and in my, in my yoga classes, you know, I always encourage people to really pay attention, you know, where do you feel tension? Mm -hmm. Um, Does it hurt? Or is it just uh, like you can tell you're stretching it or does it feel like a sharp shooting pain? You know, like I really want to bring people's awareness because those are the things we need to listen to. Our body tells us things way before our brain tells us it, right? Like, like when you touch a hot stove, it takes a minute for your brain to go drop that or let go. Um, And meanwhile, our body's like, ow, (laughs) you're burning me. Yeah. So Heidi, tell us um, a little bit more about your book, Thrivers Soup. Um, Give us a little glimpse of what we will read in in the pages. I have a whole section on how to deal with chemotherapy. Mm. I always encourage people to get... Uh, medical treatment because it buys time. Yeah. There's a difference between being cured and being healed. Being cured is getting rid of the evidence of disease. Being healed is changing your life. So there's no reason to have the disease anymore. So um, my book is focused on how to help people deal with the curative properties of conventional medical treatment. I talk about how to get out of the hospital a day early if you have surgery. Like when I learned how to deal with surgery after that nine hour surgery is like, oh, I'm not doing that again. So I did what I could to figure out how to manage surgery. And I figured out how to get out of the hospital a day early after major surgery and without an opioid prescription. So that is in my book. I have a whole section on surgery. I talk about, but with the chemotherapy, I talk about how to keep your nails, um, mm. how to deal with mouth sores, all the side effects of chemotherapy. I've got uh, ideas for how to manage those. Then I talk about uh, other things that are in the ballpark of cancer medical treatment, but not quite like uh, getting your papers in order, your legal papers. Yes. So uh, important. What hap- how do you face death if it's imminent? What kind of attitudes you should have can have about that? And then I go into the next section, which is about how to deal with um, all the other aspects of healing, how to eat in a healthy way for your body. It might be different from somebody else's body. You have to figure that out. How to uh, help yourself physically, like um, how to manage different um, aspects of cancer, not just the chemotherapy and the surgery. Um, how to actually, what kind of exercises you can try, that kind of thing. Then I have a section on emotions, which I talk about how to do this emotional process so that you're not stuck in it, 
how to help your mind so that you're not stuck in moods, how to help you, how to increase um, social, social awareness and ability to connect with people because connecting with people is really important. Yeah. A lot of times people disappear six months after a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And then how to deal with spirituality. Like I give a variety of different spiritual practices that people can try because you have to find the one that works for you. Not the one that other people tell you is a good idea, but one that you resonate with. And then I have a, a whole section on how to pick out a spiritual guide. And it, I got a big variety of spiritual guides in there people can pick from. I also do cancer coaching, cancer survival coaching, so that I can work with people one-on-one to give them ideas for what would work for them to survive cancer. And I've I've had a lot of good success with that. Yeah. Um, that sounds my, like that would be a really beneficial um, service. Thank you. I, I believe it is. That's where I really shine is one-on-one with people <laughs> helping yeah. them find I out. I can tell. Themselves. <laughs> Thanks. If I can help them find the root cause and resolve that, then they're in a much better position to, um, live longer if nothing else, or be more comfortable if nothing else. And at least have a higher quality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I prefer that people go to my website to buy the book because then I can sign a copy oh, and send it to you. Yeah. And you get a more personal interaction. And that's thriversoup.com. And it's thriver like someone who's thriving, T-H-R-I-V-E-R, soup, S-O-U-P.com. And also it's um, it does have a five-star rating on Amazon, 4.3, I think, out of 52 reviews. And only two uh, two or three are not five-star reviews. And uh, it's endorsed by nurses and physicians. And it's it's saving people's lives. It's yeah. a, definitely a worthwhile investment if you want to uh, work at surviving and thriving. The first, first step is surviving, and the next step is thriving. And that's what I'm doing right now. And I want to share that with other people. Mm, I love it. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you to be in this radical remission. And um, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine that roller coaster (laughs) that you had been on back in 2009. Um, It was hell. It was absolute hell. Yeah. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for being here and for sharing. such, such an important journey to share for others. I'm, I'm sure someone listening will be able to resonate. And I know I, as we mentioned before we started recording, you know, my mother is going through cancer. We didn't think she was going to survive 2019, but she's still here. She's not in remission, but she's still here. Um, and you know, I just, have been writing things down as we've been talking. So thank you so much for being here and for everyone Mm -hmm. listening in the show notes, um, wherever you are listening to this podcast, we do have the clickable link to Heidi's website, thriversoup.com. So anyone listening can definitely click through and purchase her book and get it autographed. I love that. Um, And, you know, just let's be real here too. Like Amazon takes a pretty steep cut from us authors. So we do very much appreciate when people purchase our books directly through us. So Heidi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. 
And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and please consider supporting the podcast by leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their own wellness journey, discover this podcast. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all in the next episode.